The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive. A Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Welcome back to the second to last Bruce Exclusive. That will be live on Locker Room. I'm going to do it this Thursday. I'm going to do it next Thursday night. And then we're going to do something else. So I'm not going to tell you what that is quite yet. But this will be the second to last live show on this platform that the Bruce Exclusive does. And today we're going to talk about a mentality. We're going to talk about a concept. We are going to talk about Super Bowl or bust. It is a mindset that a lot of people who think they're in the window, they think Super Bowl or bust. I don't know if you're one of those people. I don't know if you even believe in that concept. But we're going to talk about the concept of Super Bowl or bust, whether or not I agree with the philosophy, what I think the philosophy means, what it represents, what kind of behaviors go into it, and what kind of behaviors come out of it. And then we're going to do some almighty takes. So if you are here on Spotify Green Room with me right now, and you've got something you want to say, at the bottom of your screen, there's a request to talk button. Make sure to hit it. I will grab you, go ahead and line up. I will grab you when I have an opportunity and we will fill in some gaps in potentially my knowledge, potentially yours. We'll get some takes. It'll be great. So let's talk about Super Bowl or bust. The first thing that I want to note about that phrase, Super Bowl or bust, is that it is a binary in an environment where binaries are rarely accurate. Super Bowl, bust. There is one method of success that is equal to itself, and then all other non-methods of success are equal to each other. Super Bowl, 
bust ones and zeros binaries. As a general rule, when you start to run into things like this, you should immediately have warning flags go up in your mind. I don't know if any professor has ever told you this before, but when you see questions and they're multiple choice with the answers, and some of the answers say always or never in them, that's usually a gigantic red flag as to that answer probably not being the one that you want. Because very rarely are things that black and white. Very rarely are they yes or no, left or right, binaries. So right off the bat, we should be real hesitant when we hear that phrase, Super Bowl or bust. But what it means is that anything other than a Super Bowl appearance or victory, however you want to determine the phrase Super Bowl, is a disappointment. You have heard me say before on this podcast that disappointment is quantifiable. You can absolutely quantify disappointment. It is expectations minus reality. If your expectations are a 10 and your reality is a five, then your disappointment is a five. If your expectation is a 10 and your reality is a three, then your disappointment is a seven. That's how you can actually quantify disappointment. The problem is that Super Bowl appearance or Super Bowl victory, however it is you want to quantify the word Super Bowl, that part of Super Bowl or bust, that minus reality doesn't give you a binary. It gives you a gradient. I just mentioned 10 minus 5 is 5, 10 minus 7 is 3. So those are different levels of disappointment. What you're saying is that all aspects of the team are equally a failure and equally a disappointment if a Super Bowl appearance or victory, however it is you want to classify Super Bowl, is not achieved. But I just established that Super Bowl or bus minus expectations minus reality gives you a gradient. It doesn't give you a binary. It's not that simple. Are you trying to tell me that not making the playoffs is just as disappointing as losing in the AFC Championship game. Well, yeah, yeah, Bruce, that, that, that's, that's what Super Bowl or bust means. It means anything other than Super Bowl is equally a failure. I, I disagree with that. One of the things that we have talked about, ad nauseum on this podcast, we talked about it a lot during the season, we talk about it a lot during the season, is that how you win or lose is more predictive of future wins and losses than the win or loss itself. Wins don't predict future wins. How you win predicts future wins. It's a little bit like pressures and sacks. Sacks are great. Sacks are the goal. That's what we should be going for. But sacks don't predict future sacks. Pressures predict future sacks. And I understand it sounds backwards, but it's not. It's how you knew that Jordan Phillips wasn't going to be a 10-sack-a-year guy every year. You knew it because pressures predict sacks better than sacks predict sacks. In the same method, how you win a game is more predictive of future wins than the fact that you won a game. The example I like to use is the Miami Dolphins. There was a stretch of time during the 2020 season when the Miami Dolphins were winning 
by getting a lot of turnovers and some special teams touchdowns. That is not a sustainable path to winning. Those things have a tendency to be a little more random. They have a tendency to come in chunks. And because of that, it is a bad method of predicting future wins. 100% a bad method of predicting future wins. So how or when, how you win or lose is more predictive of future wins and losses than the win or loss itself. Therefore, how you get to the end of your season is more predictive of future ends of seasons than the location of the season's end itself. I'll read that back to you. If how you win or lose is more predictive of future wins and losses than the win or loss itself, therefore, how you get to the end of your season is more predictive of future ends of your season versus the location of the season's end itself. It's not where you lose. How good your team was is not based on, okay, well, lost in the divisional round and they lost in the AFC championship game. Therefore, they have a higher chance of making the, a- the AFC Super Bowl next year. That's not how that works. Things are too variable for that. But it does matter. It matters how you get to the end of your season. So what you're saying is getting blown out by 50 points and ending the year 4-12 and 12 is exactly the same as losing on a double doink in the divisional round of the playoffs? I don't think so. Because each one of those things tells you something different about the future of the team. Very few 4-12 and 12 teams go to the Super Bowl the next year. A lot more divisional round playoff teams go to the Super Bowl the next year. So when you're trying to predict the future based on the successes that you have had, you need to have some semblance of a gradient scale there. It can't just be binary. It can't just be all Super Bowl or all bust. It's too simplistic. It's too easy. It's too Ricky Bobby. It's too, if you're not first, you're last. Not all failures are equal because they're not all equally predictive. If I jump up and I try to grab the rim of an NBA basketball hoop and I get a foot off the ground and I fall over and sprain my ankle, that is not as predictive of whether or not I'm going to be able to do it tomorrow as if I jump up and almost get it but grab the net. Those failures are not equal because they're not equally predictive of future behavior. That's what makes them different. So I'm not a Super Bowl or bust guy. You're never going to hear me say Super Bowl or bust. because Not because not getting to the Super Bowl wouldn't be disappointing. Of course it would be disappointing. It's always disappointing when your team doesn't do well. It's always disappointing when your team doesn't win everything. Every single team goes home a loser except for one. But they're not equally losers. That's the point. There's gradient to this. You can't tell me that there are certain teams who are not better set up for the future than others. And as such, I agree that Super Bowl is the goal for every team, and it should be the goal for every single team. However, not all failures are equal because they're not all equally predictive.
We are going to take a quick break. We are going to come back. We are going to take some takes. Stick with me. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive of Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We just talked for about 10 minutes about Super Bowl or bust, and I didn't think I had enough content there to really go into like 30 minutes of Super Bowl or bust, but it's something I kind of wanted to get off my chest as to it not really being a phrase I'm a fan of and why I'm not a fan of it. But we've got somebody here with me. Andy, my good man, you are muted. Make sure you unmute your phone. So you're here with Bruce. Andy, what do you got for me, man? My man, the man, Bruce Nolan. Okay, Paso, what's going down? What it is? Dude, it's a party. What can I do for you? So um, I would want to take some things that you've said in previous podcasts and kind of apply it to this whole Super Bowl or both situation. All right, let's do it. Uh, so, I mean, one thing I believe you mentioned is about, you know, having a Super Bowl window and making moves to keep it open as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about disappointment being a gradient, uh, and therefore it cannot be, you know, this or that Super Bowl or bust, one thing you have to consider is that uh, this gradient can consist of both steep cliffs and very extended plateaus. Mm-hmm. And where these fall on the gradient is very determined, very much determined by circumstances. So, for example, you know, Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay can create a situation where you can have Super Bowl or bust because you are bringing in, you know, an aging, you know, an aging star who just won a bunch of Super Bowls. You can see the same thing about Matt Stafford going to L.A. Uh, you know, Diggs going to Buffalo is a little bit different because you have, you know, Tim and Josh Allen who are entering or if not are in the prime of their careers. So that that gradient, those cliffs, are going to be very, very different. Uh, one of the things I think about a lot is the in the context of you know, the NBA, you know, the new the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, K D, Kyrie Irving, it was finals or bust because you had these 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 superstars who were brought in. So I think really circumstances can dictate uh, how that all kind of falls out. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. I appreciate that, man. Okay. So I love Andy's point, right? That the disappointment can be greater for certain teams than it is for others. I would say that if you have a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers on your team, then their disappointment in not making the Super Bowl last year was probably pretty significant. They got an MVP year out of Aaron Rodgers. They weren't able to make the Super Bowl. 
And now they're faced with potentially not having him and having to go to Jordan Love. So there's a more significant disappointment level with the Green Bay Packers than there is with the Buffalo Bills, even though they both lost in their respective conference championship games because of circumstances. Now, to be fair, I would make an argument that that's based on the expectations. Your expectations are maybe, again, let's stick with the quantify. Let's say they're eight year over year for the Buffalo Bills, but they're 10 for this year for the Packers, and then they drop down to four next year. So that increased expectation, because you know that cliff, right, is coming, that can lead to a more significant amount of disappointment and can lead to more of a busty feeling, right, more of a disappointment than potentially would exist for different teams in different circumstances. I absolutely agree with that. I think different teams are in different cycles of their life. We talk about organizational cycles. You mentioned keeping the Super Bowl window open. I've mentioned before on this podcast that I think a Super Bowl contender is a team where if they ended up winning the Super Bowl, the narrative of that team would not be, oh my gosh, nobody saw that coming. I, I, I can't believe they did it. They came out of nowhere. Holy crap. If that's not the narrative after you win a Super Bowl, then you're a Super Bowl contender. So right now, if the Bills won the Super Bowl in 2021, nobody would go, gosh, holy crap. Nobody saw that one coming. The Bills will probably get more than a few people to pick them to go deep into the playoffs and potentially make or win the Super Bowl in 2021 when analysts start doing season predictions. Like when that starts happening, you will see a few pop up here and there that predict the Bills to either go to or win the Super Bowl. Therefore, they're a Super Bowl contender. But that's not always going to be the case. And we know that. Now, hopefully, if Josh Allen continues to play at the level he's been playing, or at least close to the level he's been playing, then the Bills could be a Super Bowl contender for a long time, as long as a respectable remainder of team can be achieved. So I agree. One of the other factors we have to talk about, and Andy was kind enough to bring it up, is that life cycle of the team factors into how busty exactly the bust side of Super Bowl or bust actually ends up feeling. We are going to go to David, who sent me an email. And David said, people have been resistant to consider improvement in play-by-players on projections of whether or not this team will be improved into 2021. Fair enough. You can't count on improvement. But here's the thing. The Bills are a draft and develop team. They draft players who will reach their potential in their second or third year, which you never allow yourself to consider. I don't know how you take this into account. But unless you just don't buy into the draft and develop concept, it's going to be a significant source of improvement. So you draft a guy who becomes a Pro Bowl player in a few years, but you can never expect the team to get better for having him. Again, it's not an easy thing to predict. I think you need to be aware of the issue. So I mentioned on a pod on Saturday where I specifically said, hey, for the purposes of this conversation, we are not counting improvement to the position rooms as being development from people in them. And David brings up a good point here. You know that there's probably going to be someone who improves. So why on earth would I have a conversation that was about that? Why would I have a conversation and specifically exclude that? If we know that's going to happen, we don't know who it's going to happen with. Could happen with Ed Oliver, could happen with Tremaine Edmonds, could happen with Dawson Knox, could happen with none of them, could happen with all of them. So how do you deal with it? 
And my response is that particular podcast and that particular article was only designed to assess Brandon Bean's ability to acquire talent year over year. And as such, that's why it was excluded from that conversation. Because if Dawson Knox does, does better, we don't count that as a 2020 offseason or a 2021 offseason addition. We count it as a plus for Brandon Bean when it comes to drafting someone who hit their ceiling. So it doesn't go in the Brandon Bean made the team better in 2021 bucket. It goes into the Brandon Bean drafted well a couple years ago bucket. Those are two completely separate concepts. That's the reason why I excluded it, because they're measuring two specifically different things. We're going to go to Evan, who says he has the most insane almighty take of all time. So I'm ready for it. Number one, Elijah Griffin makes the 53-man roster. First game he sees in action is week four against the Texans. Gets a pick six late in the third quarter. His father takes to Twitter and calls the Bills 2021 defense regulators. Bills Mafia picks up the moniker and refers to the number four ranked defense by that name through the end of the season in February. Number two, here's the big big kahuna right here. Josh Allen breaks the single game passing record of 554 yards and single game touchdown record of seven touchdowns held by eight different quarterbacks versus Kansas City in the highest total scoring game of the season and the lone black eye for the Bills defense. Final score is 63 to 53. It's a boat race and Josh is pushing the throttle to ludicrous speed. I I love them, Evan. I absolutely love them. I love how specific they are. Obviously, I'm going to go with highly improbable for both of them, but I mean, it's a good time. I do not think Elijah Griffin is going to be able to make the 53-man roster. I think one of the reasons is Sean McDermott never carries quite enough defensive backs for my liking, so I don't think there's going to be enough bodies there. It's a little bit like how I'm always begging him to keep seven wide receivers and he doesn't do it. So I don't think he's going to keep uh, more cornerbacks either, though I would prefer that he do so. He also says as a follow-up, the Kansas City game is the only reason the Bills' defense is at number one by a country mile, and it single-handedly tanks the rankings temporarily, and people write into you asking if Leslie Frazier should be fired following the defense allowing 53. Now that one, the people writing into me asking if Leslie Frazier should be fired, that's highly probable. That happens all the time. So everybody wants to fire everybody after everything. That's just the way it is. Now, if you're listening to this show, you know that you're probably not going to get that from me. That's not, I'm not a uh, fire everyone every time something bad happens kind of guy. It's a little bit of a little bit of an overreaction. I will let that for I'll let other people handle that part. The overreaction and the the we should fire everybody. Other people can do that. It's just it's not my thing. It's also not why you come to the show. You know what you're getting when you come to the show. Um, I have a I have a particular brand that you have gotten used to, and I have a, a promise that I made to you that I was going to always be able to reasonably explain out of something other than feelings as to why I think something should be done or should not be done. And I'm going to continue to do that. So ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We did the entire discussion on Super Bowl or bust and we got through all the takes and it wasn't a super long podcast, but I need to make sure I conserve some energy. So, Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of the group. 
Thanks for being part of the discussion. And until next time, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.